Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, this is a first. It is a Thursday night prime time edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us here as part of your day. Me and Jeremy were taking, we were, we're literally taking like the first three innings off here, the Field of Dreams game as his Cubs take on my Reds in a game that literally does not matter. And if they weren't playing in corn, no one would be watching. Jeremy. If there was like a wrestling version of the Field of Dreams game that WWE or AEW could do, right? Like, what do you think that would possibly be? Like, it would have to be the Triple Cage from Ready to Rumble, right? Like, that would have to be it. I don't know, man. Like, are we talking location or gimmick? Uh, Location, gimmick. I mean, there's not a lot of pro wrestling movies, if you really think about it. I mean, like, Ready to Rumble is like our holy, like the holy grail. The wrestler. So maybe a a bingo hall and... Randy the Ram. What was his last name? Randy the Ram. What? I don't even oh, know. Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I know. It's been a hot minute. I remember Marissa Tomei. That's about all I remember from that flick, uh, to be completely honest with you. But uh, SP3 will be joining us here uh, in just a couple of minutes. So we're going to have a triple threat match, a trios match, shall we say, uh, here tonight, because we're going to be talking a lot about that trios tournament, which, wha bam! There it is. There it is. In all its glory. That is a very, very interesting bracket. And might there be a dark horse? Might I be playing on words there? Because uh, Hangman Adam Page is not going to be in this tournament. Instead, he is going to be in the Dark Order's corner. I find that very, very interesting. Chris Statlander, unfortunately, is going to be out for the foreseeable future with yet another knee injury, with re- which really sucks. Uh, for her, it sucks for whatever AEW's plans were for her, and it sucks for the fans of Chris Statlander who are ready to see her kind of break free there. So what happens now uh, with Chris Statlander out? She seemed to be getting primed for a world title shot. We'll talk about that. Can Triple H keep that sweet, sweet, sweet surprise train rolling? Uh, we have had Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, Karrion Cross, Scarlett, Dexter Loomis, we already got rumors of another former SmackDown star that's supposed to be backstage next, next well, tomorrow night. I don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> and we're now we're getting new reports on Bray Wyatt. Nothing concrete, but some pretty damning things as far as why Bray Wyatt did not work out in WWE and why he could potentially make his return to the E now that Vince McMahon is no longer in power and triple h is calling the shots and i feel like there's something else i'm forgetting i feel like there's a oh yeah cm punk returned last night on dynamite and we got that confrontation straight up with john moxley the man who is forged in cincinnati ohio baby what a fantastic scene uh last night jeremy first off a great main event between jericho and moxley and boy, that got bloody fast at the end. That's another thing we're going to bring up here on, on today's show. But my goodness, a great ending. Then we get the gang wars that the AEW has become famous for. 
but then Punk absolutely cleans house last night. And I loved his approach down to the ring, his his work smarter, not harder approach, where it's like clothesline, punch. Let me just duck out of the way. Let Sammy Guevara take himself out and yeah. then get in the ring and start whooping some ass. That was a great scene last night. And that, shall we say, it was quaking by the lake last night. In yeah, Virginia. a lot of people are expecting either Punk or Omega. Punk, nobody, uh, everything was tight-lipped. And uh, apparently, uh, according to Sean Rossap, the backstage, they had a secret uh, location a, a no a no go zone so they were hiding hiding punk there apparently uh it was a a cool moment to hear the music man because uh you know we, we, every once in a while we uh, we hear that cold of personality as a surprise we heard it uh, 11 years ago when we thought he had left the company and uh so and and it played in wwe for the first time uh tonight was uh, or last night was a very uh very good surprise and uh sets up one hell of a main event for all out yeah, that definitely seems to be where we're going. A date between John Moxley and CM Punk to uh, unify the AEW World Championships. And uh, we're going to dive into all of that tonight and so much more as we wait for SP3 to arrive. Got to give a shout out to our friends over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting to props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device. Let's be honest, you're on the damn thing anyway. Join today, make your first sports bet, use our promo code BELIEVE50, that is B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. We do appreciate everybody who is joining us here tonight. What is going on, Safet? What is going on, Steven and Sam and uh, Simon and everybody who is in the chat? Chase, what is going on here, guys? Uh, we appreciate everybody who's joining us. If you're new to the show, thank you so very much. We do appreciate the support. Make sure to pound the thumbs up button. Make sure to pound that subscribe button. And, uh, yeah, that really helps drive up our audience. We're up to 412 subscribers and we continue to grow every single day. Uh, if you have not checked it out yet, check out my conversations with Champa. check out my conversation, uh, with Bobby Lashley. I'll have one dropping with Damian priest all from SummerSlam weekend coming up here, uh, in just a couple of weeks. I think I'm going to drop that on the Monday that Damian priest gets set to battle edge in Toronto, which is shaping up to be a huge, uh, Monday night raw tomorrow night. Uh, again, I'm excited for SmackDown, but let us start with what we saw last night. Our lead story coming out of the gate here today. CM Punk makes his shocking return on Dynamite last night. Date does appear set with Mox at all out. And oh, wait, hang on here. Hang on here. Got to do a little quick change of scenery. There Making his way. Fighting still out of the UK because travel issues suck. It is SP3 here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. What is going on, good sir? How you doing? Uh oh, but good to be here. Yeah, I was gonna say we we appreciate you you hopping on. We appreciate uh, slow internet connection aside. I'm sure we'll get uh, cooking here in just a few minutes. Uh, we just started diving into the lead story here. CM Punk returning on Dynamite last night. Date appears set. Uh, with John Moxley at All Out, they did make the comment that uh, he wasn't, they didn't know if he was medically cleared, but he looked pretty damn good to me last night. What'd you think about the main event last night? What'd you think about CM Punk making his surprise return? And now we can look forward to 
Chicago all out. SP3 dropping out. Of course, that's what, he, that's what he thought about it. Yeah, that's what he thought. He's done. He's out. He's done. Can't can't yeah. take anymore. Punk, Punk was purposely hopping on his legs, saying, "Hey, look, boys, it's fine." Yeah, everything uh, seems to be good. So, Jeremy, what do you think now as we head here toward uh, CM Punk and John Moxley at All Out in Chicago? I know that had to be their hope uh, as they were heading into this, and now yeah. it looks like, hey, just two months later, Punk is back. Kind of makes me question whether they needed to have the interim champion, but you can't make that that bet, that gamble. So yeah. I think this is going to work out nicely here with Punk and Moxley. Yeah, I think it will be. I mean, it's a, it's a marquee main event for uh, your your marquee show. Uh, of course, you're in Chicago, so it's always good to have Punk back. Uh, you know, you, the obvious choice is probably to have Punk win it since he never lost it. But you never know. They could go in a completely different direction. It, it, it's, uh, it, it could go anywhere from here. That's, that's a tough call for me. And yeah. I don't think I'm ready to make it yet because Moxley has been on fire. Yeah. Like he has been on an absolute roll and it 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 kind of sucks because CM Punk was in such a he never really got going out of the gate, right? No. Like this was immediately after his after he wins, he does one match uh and then he gets hurt and now it completely derails everything. But John Moxley is just rolling with all the momentum in the world right now. I'm not ready to call one who's going to win the match, but I don't even know who <clears throat> I want. To win the match let's bring sp3 back in here sp3 we got you now your your eyebrows are moving you're shaking you're quaking uh, just like minneapolis crowd last night uh what'd you think about uh one cm punk returning to the fray and now this setup with john moxley at all out uh, i thought it was a great angle to kind of set things up for all out i mean i think most of us were hoping this was going to be the main event of all out but just how they executed it cm punk was just blowing the roof off of that minneapolis crowd in target center and when him and john moxley went face to face it felt like the biggest match possible in not just AEW in wrestling. I'm, you know, I hate to do the comparison, but I'm going to do it. I'm much more excited about this match than Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. I'll tell you that because this feels like the two biggest stars in the company going at it. Uh, John Moxley's AEW interim world championship reign has been excellently, has been basically superbly done like yeah. he although i would say that you know hangman adam page had more you know meaningful type of title matches where you thought the person he was going up against whether it was brian danielson adam cole and then eventually cm punk you always had that feeling that he was going to lose unlike moxley's you know matches against like roosh and brody king and chris jericho you didn't really feel like he was going to lose those but overall he's felt like the biggest star in the company and now that cm punk who ew as a return this feels like mega stars going at it and two huge baby faces going at it too so i think that this is a huge matchup that is gonna put some butts in the seat in chicago as well as get some pay-per-view buys so i'm very excited about it uh, I'm excited about it one because I'm I'm very I'm a very selfish person and I'm all about me and I'm going to be in Chicago for all out. I, I got me too. the approval. Yay, excited. Uh it's gonna be my first AEW uh premium live event pay-per-view, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah, um, those aren't PLEs over there. I uh, know they ain't PLEs over there, but I've never actually seen punk wrestle live. So I am really looking forward. This is gonna be a bucket list checkoff for me. 
uh, when I was in, when he was in uh, Cincinnati, he didn't wrestle. He was just there. So uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see him. But uh, this is going to be big. This is going to be a big matchup. And I agree with you, SP3. I'm more excited for for this matchup than I would be uh, Roman Reigns uh, versus Drew McIntyre because I, I I don't know who wins this. I, yeah. I genuinely don't know who wins this match and i'm not ready to like even pick who i want to win this match because <laughs> i feel bad for punk i was talking about this right before you came in i feel bad for punk because his title ring got derailed before it even starts but i agree with you yeah Moxley's and then you got has been perfect he's on then, fire how do you end the momentum that he's on right now but then you got kenny omega getting ready to come back and you're probably going to put him in the main event scene and we've already had moxley and omega so do you really have Moxley retained there? Uh, you know, nah. I don't know. Omega's yeah. not going, going going back to the main event scene. He don't think so. Perfect. They basically set up his story perfectly on this show with the backstage segment with the Hung Bucks and Hangman's prophetic words that the Young Bucks need the one person who has never turned yeah. their back on them. What Adam do you do Bull with Hangman? Back. Hangman turned his back. I think that it sets up beautifully for Dark Order to go on a magical run, but somehow, <laughs> some way, each round they have another person from their group get taken out like round one the house of black takes out 10 uh round two they take out evil uno and then hangman Hangman goes to the final has to Ah. fill in the spot and you get dark order versus the look at the rundown you're getting a (laughs) i was kind of wondering where you would put hangman there it, it, it all out um, so that 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 makes sense there because there was like really you know I still had the hope for the hung bucks but obviously you got Omega could go in with uh with the uh with the bucks and uh, reform the original elite so uh it's gonna be a, a wild ride these next uh, I guess we only got three weeks left till we get there yeah I remember just like a few weeks ago maybe it was like eight weeks ago at this point we were all sitting here shaping it out it's like man wouldn't it be perfect if if MJF was the guy to come in and take the title off of CM Punk and they could set that all up. Now we haven't seen MJF in like three months at this damn point, and he is just completely <laughs> MIA. And we don't know where any of this is going to go uh, with Punk and Moxley, but it definitely is is unpredictable. It's exciting. I love yeah. this. And I will say one thing. I am looking forward to the promo exchanges between these two. Yeah. Because nobody brings up history in professional wrestling better than CM Punk. And their promo exchanges were good back in the Punk vs. Shields days. They were okay. But John Moxley is on a whole different level with his promos now. He's unchained. He can say whatever the F he wants. And so can CM Punk. And this is going to make for some very entertaining television over the next four weeks. And remember that their most famous like promo exchange basically was CM Punk, you know, after CM Punk had beaten Dean Ambrose a few times in one-on-one matches and he beat the Shield in a three-on-one match, he basically crapped all over Dean Ambrose. He said that one of y'all are and then he basically shunned out dean ambrose he said i was no i was actually talking about roman reigns and seth rollins one of them is the star i've beaten you so many times that you're not the star and now he is the star that stands in this way of becoming the undisputed aew world champion i would love for them to bring up that type of history between them yeah and i i would love it if punk like actually name dropped them and called him dean uh, and tried to kind of lean into that and get under his skin there a little bit. And that would allow Moxley to kind of even further dive into the fact that that ain't him no more. He is a completely different cat. He's because 
or uh or punk becomes an asshole and tells him to why don't you go have a drink oh i don't know if punk could do that it all depends because they're both baby faces so does one guy turn doesn't does punk finally get his long-awaited heel turn that he's wanted to do uh the honeymoon phase is still going on the crowd still loves cm punk so there's a lot of different angles that you can go with this i mean personally i think that you know there, there's a couple of scenarios I could see. I, I really feel like the hot hand is John Moxley. So if I was to ask, be asked right now what, who I want to win, it would be John Moxley because, like he said, he's the heart and soul of AEW. But if CM Punk is going to win, I think the best scenario if he's going to be a babyface and win is for MJF to attack him right after. And that sets up the big angle for the rest of the year I, between I saw MJF cm punk but if that's not gonna happen cm punk turning heel against dean am i'm against excuse me against john moxley against john moxley sets up sets up something very interesting because you know all out is going to segue very nicely into grand slam in new york and punk cheating to win becoming a heel could set up punk versus eddie kingston in new york city for the aew world championship and Punk as a heel against Eddie Kingston. We heard him say some stuff to Eddie the first time around when he's a babyface. Imagine Punk as a heel with two weeks to build up a big match with Eddie Kingston. I'm here for it. Yeah, man. Well, Eddie got that nice yellow shirt all bloodied last night too, man. Uh, Everybody got bloodied last night. We'll be I, saw, I saw a theory. It was like he could bring MJF back and have him in uh, Kip Sabian's gimmick. So he's got the box over his head. And you, so you think it's Kip at ringside, and then uh, uh, all of a sudden he attacks whoever, and it's it turns out to be MJF. Possibly, I, I'm kind of at the point where I don't, I'm not going to believe MJF's coming back until I see him on television. Like, yeah, I, it, it's just been way too quiet for way too long, and maybe they're yeah. doing it on purpose. I'm not sure, but they're, the, and that's what's so good about it, right? Yeah. Is there, there's that blurred line of reality. What's a work? What's a shoot? Is it a shoot that turned into a work? What are they doing here? Did they send MJF? Did did uh, Tony Khan send MJF home to basically have the crowds forget about him because he was so white hot after that promo that his <laughs> own pipe bomb promo that he dropped? I don't know. But that's yeah. the fun about it. That's the Tony Tony will never comment on that situation. No, ne- he never has commented on that situation. But again, it's 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 living the gimmick if it is a work, right? Look at yeah. CM Punk. CM Punk was playing everybody at San Diego's Comic-Con uh saying, "Yeah, you know, the foot still burns and this that and the other thing and you know, and then all of a sudden oh, like what? A week and at 10 days later, he's whooping some ass and chucking Sammy Guevara into steel ring steps and Again, everything was just really, really well set up last night. And uh, yeah, Chase saying, uh, SB3, you and me are on the same wavelength. I got MJF returning it all out. Something big is going to go down, I think. I don't know whether it's MJF. I don't know what it's going to be. But I feel like something major is going to happen in that main event. It could be something as simple as a CM Punk heel turn or a John Moxley heel turn or something like that. But uh, I think think TK is going to keep his options open and something, uh, something big is definitely... Uh, going to happen here we appreciate everybody who is tuning in so far on this prime time edition of the believe in pro wrestling podcast make sure to continue to get your comments in guys uh we'll read as many of them as we can uh throughout the day so cm punk is back we've seen a lot of people return to wwe recently 
And now uh, the, the, the hairs on the arm starting to stand up as I, I even just the possibility of this is making me very, very excited. Uh, report out today from Sean Ross at Fightful.com. There is growing optimism. I think that's the best way that I can describe it surrounding Bray Wyatt's potential return to WWE. Now, this is not a report that talks are ongoing. This is not anything is rock solid. Far from it. Basically, what this is uh, saying here, it's a very, very lengthy report, uh, but I'll, I'll go ahead and read some some cliff notes of it here. Uh, Fightful Select has spent the past couple of weeks gauging interest from WWE higher up staff and talent internally. If you thought Vince McMahon no longer being in control was a good sign for Bray Wyatt and WWE to reunite, you'd be right. One talent said that he could tell uh, by last year that Vince McMahon was simply done with Bray Wyatt and just did not like him personally. McMahon would shout derogatory things at Wyatt about his physique, which the talent believes actually stemmed from the fact that Wyatt would often criticize the lack of creative direction that his stories or characters would go to. When word emerged of Wyatt having a bad attitude, that came from those who worked directly with Vince McMahon. There were also several other instances of rumors started within that circle to ease the heat off of WWE for releasing him. Those that worked with him heavily were quick to shoot down those rumors, which aren't worth mentioning anymore. One WWE higher up said Vince McMahon had reservations whenever Wyatt's name was brought up post-release. Quote, when things were shit, Wyatt would say they were shit, and Vince saw that as very difficult to deal with. One WWE higher up said SP3, how vindication, man. Like, that's exactly what we have said for a lot of different talent period after their release they always oh suddenly they're very difficult to work with as in if you don't bend over backwards to vince mcmahon's every whim beck and call all of a sudden you're difficult uh to work with uh, one of the major points of frustration came from wrestlemania 2021 after months of a randy orton bray wyatt storylines things were changed days before the match one person who worked on the match and story said no one at any point along the journey had one effing clue as to what the f was supposed to happen the finish was changed the day before uh they bragged a surprise randy orton was supposed to lose and have months off instead bray wyatt was effectively done in wwe that was uh, his last match to date in wwe the one person that we spoke with uh effectively confirmed there was never a long-term plan by vince mcmahon uh for the resolution of that story which frustrated all of those involved in it as it was heavily featured uh, another talent recalled that uh, saying the type of thing, that type of thing is why specifically they did not push back on their own creative because if Wyatt could get fired, uh, they certainly didn't feel safe. Uh, that uh, talent has since been let go by the company. Fightful Select reported while the uh, company does not or while Fightful does not know the relationship between Triple H and Bray Wyatt specifically, uh, several noted the obvious. It is a completely clean slate now in WWE. If Triple H thinks a talent can help the company or make money, most believe he is largely going to throw whatever issues they had with Vince McMahon out the window for the sake of creating a better show. The talent outside of WWE that we have heard from on this particular situation say that even if they were booked poorly in WWE or Triple H himself, him being in control renews optimism in that sense as there's been no Vince McMahon over him. One person who worked heavily with Bray Wyatt said, I can't speak for him, but I know I have heard his name brought up. And I don't know if you couldn't, uh, I don't know how you couldn't feel better about him coming in now if you were him. Uh, again, nothing concrete here 
Fightful can select that his name has been brought up in WWE creative about being brought back. Lengthy report there, a lot of information there, SP3, but I'm not surprised by literally anything. I think this is something that we all saw what was happening and we were able to read between the lines very easily on this one. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of plain as day what was going on here. And WWE has kind of played their card too many times. It's like the boy that cried wolf when every single person that kind of criticizes that you don't know what you're doing or you, you know, they don't like their creative direction. If every single person is difficult to work with, there's one common denominator in that it's you. It's you, WWE. It was you, Vince McMahon, that was difficult to work with. It wasn't Keith Lee. It wasn't Bray Wyatt. It wasn't Tony Storm. It wasn't all these people. It was you at the end of the day. So that one was pretty obvious. And then it was also pretty obvious that there was no end game for the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt uh, feud. I don't think either time there was an end game. The fact that the first time we got we got flies in the on the mat. And we got the House of Horrors, one of the worst cinematic matches of all time. And then the second time around, we got another horrible cinematic match with the fire, with the firefly, whatever burn, uh, you know, the fiend alive and then crispy fiend and then Alexa Bliss beating Randy Orton and then Alexa Bliss inconspicuously turning on Bray at at WrestleMania with goo coming out of her head uh, and Randy Orton winning. It just, yeah, it was just all over the place. It was never a coherent storyline. We we didn't know the character motivations, which seemed to be a theme with WWE around that time and around that period. So, yeah, I think that it's a different it's a different regime. Triple H seems to have his head on straight and doesn't have the same issues that Vesic Band had with talent. So it is very, you know, pleasing for a lot of Bray Wyatt fans to hear that there's a possibility that he can return. But I don't think there is much in this story outside of kind of giving us details of stuff that we kind of already assumed. I can't take this story and say, hey, they're coming back. It's a little bit different exactly. than the than the previous reports that we heard about Karrion Cross, where there was internal discussions, and then he pops up the same day as the report. Dexter Loomis, the same thing, and even more recently, PW Insider today reported that Hit Road's Top Dollar and Ashanti the Adonis are expected at SmackDown. Those are different type of reports than what we're getting here. But at least you know, for Bray Wyatt fans, you know there's breadcrumbs leading him back to the promised land. Yeah, and uh, the the report said, look, this is this is hardly guaranteeing a return as many names have been pitched within creative either by Triple H or somebody else on the team. So at least we can we know that there are I don't, I don't want to say conversations, but he's been brought up, right? He has been mentioned. He has been talked about backstage, which to me gives me a little inkling of hope, but it's whether or not Bray wants to come back. And one thing that I do read into this report or at least uh, puts uh, some credence on it is even with all of this BS and even with all of the bad booking that Bray Wyatt went through over the course of his entire career, where it just seemed like WWE never wanted to go all in on the guy. Like whenever they had a chance to make him, they just didn't do it. He still was one of the most over dudes in the entire company. Like even when they gave him shit, he made it work. And and when it didn't work, like when he got squashed by Goldberg in cons- 
in, inexplicably inside of like 90 seconds that you saw the like you saw the revolution you saw the revolts uh by all of the bray wyatt fans out there like i can't believe you're doing it to this guy again the the hell in a cell match with seth rollins that seth has talked about with stone cold is like wanted to physically fight vince mcmahon after that was over with like all of this shit that they put him through and he was still over and still one of the top merchandise sellers in the company the man is a creative genius and i would love to see triple h bring this man back and just let him do his thing whether he comes back as the fiend whether he comes back as swamp bray wyatt whether he's got some kind of incarnation of himself now this wyatt six thing what recreate yourself that's the quote that he's got you know up on start again kid that's the vince mcmahon quote that bray wyatt has up on his uh twitter feed right now um jeremy he 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 should have been the he should have been the guy to beat undertaker i agree i've said that before um but jeremy if if let's just say they decide to bring bray wyatt back how why would you how would you want to see bray wyatt come back uh to wwe i i think something completely different which we know bray can pull off um you know, and I'm not convinced it's going to be WWE, uh, you know, but at the same time, I think Bray has a lot of leverage to where he could not work as many days and then do side projects because we all know he wants to do some side projects and movies, and you're not going to be able to do that easily being on the road 300 days a year. So I'm assuming that Bray probably has enough pull to be able to pull off that kind of deal with WWE. Um, so it remains to be seen. But I, I believe it's going to be somebody, uh, it, it's going to be Bray, but a different iteration of him. I think he's going to put The Fiend behind it because uh, The Fiend died when Goldberg crushed it. So there's no use in even bringing that back. I don't really want to see The Fiend back. I just want to, I, I want to see another version of Bray, uh, maybe even a mixture of his original character, to be honest with you, um, just because the, the Fiend has such a negative stigma on it. There's wow. just no use of trying to rebuild that in my opinion start off with something fresh something new. clean slate right yeah. i think that seems to be the theme that word was on that word was in the fightful report clean yeah. slate clean slate with w with triple h and everything and we've seen that clean slate with a bunch of people who have been brought back that's what they're doing with carrying cross right they mm-hmm. brought him back and immediately boom he's he's putting roman reigns on notice instead of wearing bondage gear and a gimp mask and getting beat by jeff hardy inside of two minutes who was losing to jinder mahal on uh, main event the week prior uh sp3 I, I i have to agree with with jeremy on this one as much as a fan of i as i was of the fiend and, you know, I got the rambling rabbit back there and everything like that. And I'd love to see those. Uh, I, I I was actually a fan of the coupling with him and Alexa Bliss until it completely went off of the rails. I thought there was a lot of money there. And I thought they could have done some really, really great things with that. I definitely think there is a large portion of the audience who is not down with the horror supernatural stuff. So maybe a more realistic, badass version of Bray Wyatt would work better because the guy is a great performance artist. I think he can make anything work. And if Triple H is going to bring him back, just let this man flourish and do what he does. I I will still stand by that the Firefly Funhouse introduction and the what was it? I think it was like six weeks of build up that we before he debuted the fiend is some best television telling 
WWE has done in the past five years. I I was there live in Long Island for his debut as the Fiend when he first attacked Finn Balor. I still finally remember his debut matchup against Finn Balor as the Fiend at SummerSlam 2019. But it all fell off the cliff because his second match as the Fiend was the hell in a cell you said Goldberg. i say it jumped the shark in the hell in a cell you and yeah. you make him this unbeatable type of like movie horror monster there's no turning back the matches weren't that entertaining the only person the only people that got good matches out of him was brian danielson the greatest in-ring performer of this generation and kevin owens because they just went out there and had a horse fight like that was it that was it in a two-year run as a character those are the best matches that he had and unless you count the john cena firefly fun house but i can't i don't count that as a match i count that as just a great segment uh yeah. at wrestlemania yeah. but yeah that that's it when it comes to bray so something new something fresh is the best is the best way to go for him yeah and they they really kind of they made it so obvious with him until he got squashed by Goldberg too, right? Like if he was going to wrestle and lose, it was going to be as the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. And he was going to come out in his sweater. And I think the only guy he really beat in the sweater was Miz. And I actually love that match because again, of the performance art of, of Bray Wyatt, I know it, w- it was a more old school match where it was slow. It was methodical. He was just beating the crap out of him and having, having fun. Anytime the Miz put him in a submission move or something like that. And I know that's not what today's audience wants. They're all about, they want to catch in the matches, right? Where it's fast and it's hard hitting and it's all over the place. So, um, yeah, man, they they did that Finn Balor demon kind of thing where it's like, all right, well, he'll lose if he's in the sweater. There's a lot of things that they did to really kind of damage the mystique. But I agree with you. They made him way too strong. They booked themselves into a corner. This man survived an electrocution to win the Universal Championship. And then I'm supposed to believe that uh, one spear and a half-assed jackhammer is enough uh, to put him down in Saudi Arabia. The whole thing was just, they never got behind the guy. And I, I think wash it, wipe it clean, and let's see what uh, if they can bring him back, if they can talk him into coming back. I would hope they they treat him like the the main event star uh, that he was. Uh, diving into uh, some of the chat here, Safet says Vince McMahon was an asshole uh, for doing that to to Bray Wyatt. I can't I, I can't disagree. Uh, Queen saying Bray losing to Goldberg is why I hate Goldberg and Vince uh, a lot. Uh, let's see, Chase saying I have uh, taken friends who don't watch wrestling to live WWE events, and Bray Wyatt has stole the show for them. Uh, with the entrance and everything. He was treated as a spectacle when he first got out there. That entrance was fantastic. Him walking down with the Bray Wyatt severed head. There was a lot of uh, mystique and, you know, a lot of folklore mixed into that. And he clearly put a lot of thought into that character. And then, yeah, man, Vince McMahon, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was because Bray was fat. I don't know if it was because he fought back. I don't know if it was a combination of all of that. Apparently, that seems to be the case. He's just decided to shit all of all over actual brilliant creative and uh that's one of the things that i'm that's one of the main reasons why i have been begging for some new life in wwe and it certainly seems like uh, we are heading toward that direction we're going to talk about wwe coming up here in a little bit as we got smackdown coming up but let's talk a little bit about uh, all the big storylines coming out of uh aw dynamite last night It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Steven saying, let him in. I agree. Bring him back. I think that would be a major, major boost 
And put him on SmackDown, by the way. Put him on SmackDown. That's where he is desperately needed. Uh, Build is probably the top babyface, I would say, right now. So last night, I put out a tweet about this, and I got some very uh, honest and open responses about it. I didn't get blasted for it, and I, I made sure to let people know it wasn't a critique. But I'm interested to get your guys' opinion on this. Uh, three minutes in last night, I think it was a record uh, for AEW. The coffin match, which had some spots that uh, I wasn't too wild about. I still don't know why Buddy Murphy just stood there like an idiot and let Sting beat his ass with a bat. I know Sting doesn't get up as, as quickly as he used to, uh, you know, but, you know, Buddy should have turned his back to the coffin or whatever. So looking past that, I thought this was a really, really great match. Uh, the finish of it was so damn smooth with Brody getting choked out by the chain and then falling into the casket and making the just enough rock for the lid to fall over. It was a great finish. A little bit of gang wars, but you kind of expect that. I'm looking forward to Sting and Malachi. But there were parts in this match last night that I just, I found it very difficult to watch with the amount of blood that was pouring out of Brody King's head. Like three minutes in, he got cut really, really deep. I mean, this was spouting out of his head like a fountain. John Moxley in the main event, we knew he was going to bleed, right? The dude bladed his ear uh, for crying out loud. I actually do like that spot with you know him ripping out the earring. That was innovative. That was different. Cool. I like that. And then Jericho just absolutely obliterated himself on the turnbuckle. I don't think that was meant to cut that deep, but he started spurting blood uh, like a damn fountain. When it's coming out like that and we're seeing pools in the ring and pools on the outside and you can't chop anybody without leaving a, a, a smear of blood across somebody's chest, for some reason, as even as a horror movie fan, if it's real, I just have a hard time it was just difficult to watch at points last night. I'm interested to get your guys' opinion. Jeremy, I'll start with you here. Nah, I'm fine with it. Hell, I watch <laughs> I watch GCW on the regular, so obviously and I'm that was That was a lot of what I got last night. GCW and ECW, you know, hardcore fans saying, nah, this is nothing. But again, yeah. I'll throw this out there as well here, SP3. It's seemingly like every single week, multiple matches, there's a lot of blood. I think there's a time and a place for it to really hit the to hit the emphasis of it, but are, are they starting to use it a little too much? That's just my question. It's just a question. I think it's a fair question. Is AEW starting to use it too much, too reliant on it? No. No, we haven't reached that, that part. And especially with the matches that we got, and they were both great matches, the opener and the close, those, the blood added a lot to those matches. Yeah. It, now, if the question was, is John Moxley you do rely it on blood in his matches then you may have a point there then you may have had more people agree with you because it seems like every time john moxley has a matchup and he's put into a headlock that man starts bleeding i feel like i need i need some right. of my some of my missus products sometimes when john moxley starts having a matchup because it goes what? all over the place all over the mat and it's like it's like a it's like a picasso that he's just bleeding in all his matches this man bleeds us in 
GCW where he's the world champion than he does win his AEW matches. So, yeah, if it was just John Moxley is this question, then I would say yes. But AEW overall, no, because it seems like they do it in the right matches, which those yeah. that was the opener and the close last night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're still in the run of specialty AEW dynamites, you know. Your regular dynamite's probably not going to see it too much, uh, you know. And Ric Flair's retired, so somebody's got to pick up that mantle of getting bloody every match. So now, why not it be John Moxley? Uh, he'll probably get bloody on Saturday night. Uh, GCW Homecoming parts one and two. G- uh, Moxley and and Effie, where I think actually Moxley may drop that belt uh, on Saturday night. He'll get bloody there. Uh, the, yeah. That's gonna, that's going to happen and, on and, Saturday. And I'll, I I can't get behind the mindset of it because I'm. Uh, I, I as as somebody said in the chat, I am a bit soft. I don't like getting hit in the face. I don't soft. like bleeding. I, I don't I don't like bleeding. All right. And and Queen agrees with me. Blood's becoming a bit too much. And here's my thing, right? I don't mind blood in a match. I think it does add a lot. I don't know if Jericho's was uh I, I think Jericho's was accidental. Yeah. Jericho's was accidental, but so was Brody King's because I don't think he meant to cut that deep. Oh, that like, was a lot of we, blood. Like it's just something about when it's literally spurting out somebody's fucking forehead, <laughs> oh. right? I, I, it's just, I don't know what it is. In that particular instance, I just have an issue with it. When Montez was busted up a little bit on Monday Night Raw the other night, I was fine with it. It, it just seems like maybe it's just the amount that gets spilled in a match. I don't know. I just felt weird. I just felt awkward watching it. I felt uneasy watching it last night. I was interested to get... Uh, I was interested just to get other people's opinions because I wasn't that big into ECW. I wa- I don't watch a whole lot of GCW. Death matches definitely aren't always for me. So I was interested to get your guys' take. And that seems to be what it is. If you watch ECW, if you watch GCW, yeah, you tend to be more fine with it. Man, when are you going to be in Chicago? Because I'm taking you to the EC, the GCW show because you need to see that in person, and then you'll have, you'll change your entire opinion. Like, okay, maybe get AEW him. is not too much. Get him in the <laughs> get him in the Nick Gage mosh pit. I was gonna say, is that uh, happening on the Saturday? Because I'll be yes. I'll be getting it. I'll be getting yes. in Saturday late Saturday morning earliest yes. afternoon so yeah it's Saturday wanna- night that's and that's the art of war games which is basically war games with light tubes so that's what they, you need to go see that's to where kind of uh, just your opinion yeah that's where moxley won the title uh last year uh yeah. when he, he showed and, up and took it from cardona and i mean this so respectfully uh jeremy i need um your weed supplier if you think effie is beating john moxley you don't at, think so at huh? Homecoming. not you at all so? i'm sorry if blake christian doesn't beat him in nashville not I, I don't think there's a blue chance in hell that effie is beating john moxley for this gcw world title i think they're waiting for nick gage to get healthy or maybe even if it's going to be one of the gcw originals it's jordan oliver jordan oliver has been picking up a lot of wins he might beat him but i don't think it's effie after effie he just lost the tag team. Yeah, titles. he just lost the tag gonna, titles. He's going to win the GCW World Championship. Oh, he's against an established the unstoppable guy. John Mox. John Moxley is the Brock Lesnar of GCW. He shows up rarely, but he always wins when he does. And he's the AEW interim world champion. He's not yeah. losing the GCW World Title until he he unifies these titles with Moxley. Whether he's the champion or Punk is the champion, he's not losing the GCW World Title until he drops that title. No, he's just an established name, so I kind of thought it's a possibility since he's such an established name in that roster. Uh, but at the same time, you think about it, he won it at Art of War Games. Maybe he loses it at Art of War Games. 
Uh, and, and uh, you know, we had a Nick Gage uh, report earlier where he's trying to get ready, but uh, uh, he's really, I think, getting very close to being done with his career, too. So maybe he comes back for the final match, wins and retires. Who knows? Possibility. I will take you up on that uh, going to that show on Saturday. Uh, that's for sure. This will be the first time we meet in person. Which is, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Get, uh, get some seats by the entrance, so then you get you guys can do the old uh, mosh pit when Nick Gage comes. Hey, out. Uh, Jeremy, just make sure. Well, I'll let you know where my Airbnb is. Send us send us some of your edibles. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll hit the. We'll we'll take a couple gummies. We'll go out and get a deep dish and go see GCW. Uh, uh, unfortunate news last night. It was confirmed on Dynamite that Chris Statlander is going to miss some time again with another knee injury. Uh, this is the uh, her other knee that she is injured now. She said so on uh, social media uh, earlier today. So SP3, Chris Statlander was in a prime spot for a shot at your girl Thunderosa for the AEW Women's World Championship with Statlander out. Is it now Tony time? Is, is it Tony? And are, are we uh, something's going down here between Thunderstorm, which was pretty good tag team, no tag team belts. So maybe now they're going to start feuding over that AEW World, women's world title. Now, you know how much of a fan I am of uh, Thunder Rosa. I'm also a huge fan of Tony Storm dating back to her time in progress. I thought that she was a can't miss prospect for WWE before, you know, her run there didn't work out so well. And I was very optimistic about her coming to AEW. But my Lord, was that segment uh, with Tony Schiavone awful. It was just awful. It was awkward. Them not knowing, like, oh, I don't know. How did this come to this? I mean, y'all basically fought like six weeks ago at a pay-per-view. What are you talking about? You didn't know it would come to this. You want the AEW Women's World Champion? You are the AEW's Women's World Champion? What are y'all even talking about? Now, that aside, I think I've been saying this for weeks. The match to do at All Out is a four-way. I need Tony in there. I need Thunder Rosa in there. I need Dr. Bray Baker. And I need me, some Jamie Hayter, who's been an unrated MVP for this woman division over the last couple of weeks. They had a banger of a tag team match two weeks ago on Dynamite. That's the match to do. Do a four-way. I've heard people say a three-way with Britt Baker. I think that, you know, they did the Tony and uh, Thunder Rosa match at Forbidden Door, and it was good. Needed more time, and it could have been great, but I think All Out is the time for a multi-woman matchup. You got Athena versus Jay Cargill for the TBS title. Throw all four of those, like, Ladies at all out and in that four-way scenario there is a possibility we get tony storm to win or maybe even jamie hater to kind of accelerate the hater baker switch i would love that either way but of course i'm gonna ride with thunder rosa i was gonna say jeremy do you think that uh if they do set up a multi-women situation there do you think that there's a chance they take the belt off of of thunder rosa i think there is just because it's just felt like a lackluster title reign for not her fault no no but i think it's time to switch it up and uh and try to get a little more life into the division Uh, i think it's been kind of stagnant with jay just running over everybody and not losing there and and just not really uh, there's just not any excitement right now in that women's division so they need something that uh kind of jump starts that and what way what better way to do it than change your champion um 
Tony has been booked very well in AEW, more uh, better than Ruby Riot. I don't know if or Ruby Soho, and I don't know if Ruby's hurt or what, because we just barely see her uh, in AEW. But Tony has been booked very well, so I, I very uh, I, I very well think that she could be the one to win at All Out. I don't think Hater's going to win just because I think there is going to they're going to start a Hater and Britt Baker feud. I don't think the title is going to be involved for that. Because you got to start, you know, you got to start having more than one women's feud, you know, and uh, in, in the upper card there. So I was really glad to see Athena show up last night and actually get on television. Yeah. Light a fire under that thing with Jade Cargill, because it seems like they started that weeks ago and then started taking Jade on some detours because they wanted to kick the can down the road without really putting Athena on television a whole lot. Uh, she was on dark this week. She had a really good quick matchup that she won. So I'm interested to see how they ramp this up with Athena with Statlander now out of the yeah. yeah I'm not. Never, I'm not. I'm no. not confident that Athena is going to beat Jade either. I don't think she will. No, but I do think it's going to be a hell of a fight. I think it's going to be a really, really good match. I don't think. I don't think Cargill's time as the TBS champion is coming to an end anytime soon. I don't think they've really kind of pegged who they want to win that. I think. There was a really good chance that Chris Statlander was going to win the AEW Women's World Title from Thunder Rosa, because uh, you know the reports were she was set for a big push uh, before she got hurt, which which sucks. So now it's do they do the Fatal Four Way? What do they go there? I'm honestly I wouldn't put it past TK to put the belt back on Doctor Britt. I I just wish the he she always gets pushed heavily ever since she finally won the championship. He might just go back to to his favorite, to his uh, his cash cow in the uh, in the women's division, his his top star. I think he should have done a lot more with Thunder Rosa. I said when Thunder Rosa won the belt, I said it was the right move to make, and now she could excel the division far beyond where Doctor Baker got it to. And through no fault of her own, SP three, it it just hasn't it just hasn't happened. They still don't seem to focus a whole lot on the women's division last night we went right back to the 9 30 time slot for the one woman's match oh, it, was nah, it was 9 10 it was 9 10, <laughs> 9 10 p.m uh eastern because they needed 30 minutes for the main event um and it's still that's still a better position than where they where they've been and you know they put on a hell of a matchup in the first hour last last week but the rating went down so I knew they were going to be back in the in the first hour this week because of that. They just have to spread out and get better. And I'm hoping with Kenny Omega on the return, this is where, you know, more than Omega in the ring, I think he is most missed when it comes to the booking of the women's division because the women's division was at its best when Kenny had a hand in it backstage. So I'm hoping his return means more of a focus on the women. Yeah, there's a lot of women we haven't seen lately. We haven't seen Sheeta. We haven't seen Riho. We haven't. There, there's a lot of, you know, you, you, got, you got people that do wrestle on dark and elevation. But keep in mind, the casual crowd focuses on what's on TBS and TNT. Yeah, so, when I was at the uh, the Dynamite tapings, right? They do dark and dark elevation ahead of that. Uh, I think there were three men's matches, seven women's matches, if I'm remembering correctly, that were all filmed in that hour leading up to dynamite and then we got the fantastic women's tag match that the crowd was really really into live i am i am disappointed though at at the ratings because you know we can sit here and i think that i think dr baker's talked about this before we can sit here as fans of women's wrestling and scream to high heavens that they need better positioning and and more matches on the show but if the ratings are dropping yeah 
What, what's, talks. The, what's the argument? What's the argument for Tony Khan to, to put those matches there? So yep. the fans need to put their own money where their damn mouths are and watch these fucking matches when they are on television. Yeah. Please, for the love of God. There's a lot of talent in that women's division. And Which is sad because that was a damn good match two week or a week ago. Great. It was fantastic live. All right, SP3, you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. You might have mentioned a name just a few seconds ago. That's going to mean a whole lot. I think a lot of people were disappointed by the uh, Hung Bucks reunion tour getting canceled before it even got off the ground last night. But a lot of people started talking about who could possibly be the third man, and it Ooh. sure as shit ain't going to be Brandon Cutler. Ooh. Nope. No, Brandon. Cut the camera off, Brandon. Brandon. Um, I just want to say it was a brilliant storytelling with the hung bugs because this whole thing started three years ago at all out 2019 when hangman Adam page was in the first ever AEW world championship matchup against Chris Jericho in the week leading up to the event. He asked the young bucks to be in his corner. Like they've been the corner of Kenny Omega for his IWGP heavyweight championship matches. They do. He just wanted his friends by his side for his big, his, the biggest match of his career against Chris Jericho. And they turned him down. And now, three years later, Hangman Adam Page turns them down to be their uh, partner in the trios tournament, to be in the corner of his real friends, the Dark yeah. Order, because the Dark Order had his brow. That is what we call three special words that we hear a lot. And I'm going to say it here long-term storytelling that's what yes. it's all about the nuances and if you've been following the story for three years that was a a great segment that paid off a lot of things and i like the fact that matt jackson explained the whole storyline for everyone that'd be like oh my god you, i don't want to watch being the elite i don't want to i don't want to see all those parts you know he basically told the entire story within three minutes and it was great for hangman's response so of course the third man, the man that Hangman says they need to team with, the one guy that's never turned their, his back on them, it is the cleaner, the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega returns next week. And my Lord, I can't wait to watch the Elite versus LFI, La Fraction and Ganables. Kenny Omega in the ring with Dragon Lee. They had a banger of a match in AAA. Kenny Omega in there with, with Andrade, who he also had a banger of a match for the Mega Championship in AAA. Roosh, that, that is going to be an amazing match and mm. even better it can potentially set up in the semifinals the elite versus dev triangle which we've seen them before tear it up on the uh first show of january 2020 of dynamite in uh in jacksonville or kenny omega and the young bucks versus will osprey see open after all the shit talking between osprey <laughs> and omega over yeah. the last year that would I wish that was the finals. Honestly, if the if the Osprey and Aussie Open were on the other side of the bracket, I would love this. And I love the bracket in general, except for one thing. How the hell did the Trustbusters make this goddamn bracket? Like, I think all the trios. I understand Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are injured. 
Okay, yeah. that's one thing. I understand they just broke up Team Taz, but you're Fine. telling me the Trustbusters is the Ave, the Ave trio. I understand they didn't want to beat FTR. They didn't want to put FTR with anybody and beat them in this trios tournament. But I'm sorry, you could have made up uh, an Ave trio besides putting in the damn Trustbusters. I kind of wonder you if uh, Dan Housen and some and and somebody, right? Yeah, like, I kind of I kind of wonder like and a buddy of mine told me this last night, uh, maybe Cole and O'Reilly are okay and they take out the Trustbusters. You know. I don't know. I feel like if they were good to go, they would be in the bracket. I like seriously, hell, I think the I think the freaking uh uh I, I think the wingmen would be a better choice than the Trustbusters, to be honest. I, I, here's what I would hope. After what we saw last night, like, I don't know how you beat them. Give me Wardlow and FTR. Like, right. that, yeah, that's the, the, the trio I can get out. They, they don't want to beat their TNT champion and the guys that hold three tag team titles. I'm hoping we don't get that six man with them and Sanjay and Santo oh, and Lito at all out. No, no, do it oh, on no, TV. Yeah. I'm oh, all yeah, for do that. Do it on TV, but don't do it at all out. And I think that hopefully this means that FTR are going to verse Swerve in our glory for the AEW World Tag Team title. So I'm all good for that. I'm all good with protecting FDR and Wardlow, and I totally understand not having them in. But yeah, the factory, JAS, Gun Club, like they were multiple. I have never wanted anything more in my life. Acclaimed housing. There were yeah. so many other better choices than the Trustbusters. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing against uh, Parker and Aria, and uh, uh, is it Anthony Henry is the third guy? No, who's the third guy? In uh, Slim J. Slim J, that's right. And, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I it, do have I do have a question, though, here, because I, I do want to kind of move things along here as we slide into number four here. You look at this bracket and you can kind of tell who the favorites are. Obviously, I think we all expect the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega to, to make it to the finals. But you look over at the other side of the bracket, you would think that House of Black would be a, a favorite in this, but they have made so many damn enemies. You got Rusev last night who's sitting here talking about uh, first off. Him telling, um, uh, 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 I forgot her name. Hang Julia. On. Thank you. Julia telling Hart. Julia only one, only one woman can touch the Redeemer, and you aren't her. I, I when I saw a woman enter the frame, I thought it was CJ. I was like, "Holy shit!" Oh no, yeah. dang it! I would love it if they brought her in. Uh, as many you know mentions as she's gotten on this, even if it's just for a night. I'm um, totally to down with her being Columbo's wife. Columbo <laughs> used to always talk about his wife, and we never saw her. I want <laughs> CJ. But I, my boys and Jimmy Macari have said that on our review today, and I'm totally down for CJ never showing up on screen. But Miro always talks about her. Just always talking about her. Uh, uh, Miro is obviously out to destroy him. So he could screw the dark, or he could screw uh, House of Black and have the Dark Order. Sting, advance. Sting could screw uh, House of Black because we yeah. we still have that that stare down. Darby Allen could screw uh, House of Black because Brody King says he's not done uh, with Darby and uh, Allen after their match last night. But I'm looking at all out. I'm looking at the fact that they are clearly making Hangman Adam Page a part of this story by being with the yeah. Dark Order. If Hangman's in their corner and he's not going to have anything else really going on at all out, should Dark Order be considered a favorite to make the trio's finals here? Because that would set up a situation where Hangman is in the corner in the finals with Dark Order against the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. SP, well, three thoughts here. They, they could be a, yeah. a, 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 they could be like the, 
the Cinderella story, like in March Madness, like Georgetown going to the going to the finals, right? Not Georgetown, George Mason. Excuse me. I, I can totally see it. Honestly, I, I I booked it already earlier tonight. That uh, yeah, Dark Order. I as as it kept currently assembled. No, I don't really want to see any three people out of those four versus the elite in the finals. But if they do a scenario where like House of Black takes out Evil Uno and then they're versing the Trustbusters, because I have a feeling the Trustbusters are making it to the semifinals, which makes me sick. But they they somehow can beat the Trustbusters, but 10 is taken out and you just have Reynolds and Silver left and they need that third member and uh, Hangman has to step in and we get hangman silver and reynolds versus the elite now that's a trios matchup for the trio championship that i want to see so i am all for it i I honestly and i think dark order kind of deserves this spot right like they they've just they've just been there for so long lost so many people lost so many people they've lost so many matches they lost any and all momentum they had uh you know a couple down to four people four it it would be really really nice to see him get that spot and i love that story it's very simple storytelling if evil uno gets taken out they're down to two dudes and all of a sudden they got to look to their friend their best friend and hangman adam page and he has to go up against the young bucks and kenny omega man what if they win that would be very interesting i don't think they will i think this is this is slam dunk yeah. Kenny Omega, Young Bucks. I could be wrong though. I could yeah, be completely DK wrong. Specifically said he's been waiting for Omega to come back to even introduce these things. So, Steven saying Dark Order needs this. Uh, Silver Reynolds and Hangman uh, for the finals. Yes, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Steven also saying CJ versus Julia Hart. Book it. I don't know if I need to see Lana wrestle. Uh, complete to be completely honest with you. But, like she, you know, like she didn't. It, it, she got forced into it by Vince. So. She didn't want to do it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, uh, did, to her credit, though, she did bust her ass to get better, and she was yeah, pretty she, good toward the what end. If, what if what if uh, what if Brace Worms us and he comes over and uh, takes over for his buddy Brody? Dark Order says they don't want they don't want to they don't want to they never wanted to replace Brody. Brody is forever their leader, and if anyone's going to yeah. replace Brody, it's negative one. It's yeah. the other yeah. Brody. That's that's. Yeah. That's ten years away. That so. that's long term. That's long term. At its finest. Let's long hope the Dark Order's still around by then. I I can't believe I, like this is actually a sentence that's coming out of my mouth, and I mean it. I'm genuinely genuinely excited to see what happens on SmackDown tomorrow night, guys. Yeah. Final question here before we wrap up. I'll start with you, Jeremy. Is Triple H going to keep the surprise train rolling tomorrow night on Fox? Well, that's already been spoiled. I think the the one surprise that is going to be coming out is uh, is Hit Row coming back. Um, I don't think he's got anything else up his sleeve tomorrow. Uh, no, you know, maybe. There- you know, we got. You know, it's like, uh, I mean, if Bray is coming back, I mean, class cash is three, three weeks. There's no reason to put him here. So I, I just don't, I don't see any uh, big, any, I don't see anything big like carrying cross, to be honest with you. So I think it's just going to be hit real like it was reported by PW Insider uh, earlier tonight. And that's going to be the the big return. SP3, you look like you got something on your mind. Over How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, imagine you go to a concert. 
a Destiny's Child concert and you get Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams and no Beyonce. <laughs> imagine, imagine going to an in-sync concert and you get Joey Fat One and Lance no Justin Bass. Tim and no Justin Timberlake. <laughs> that is hit row without yeah. Swerve Strickland. That basically, is basically yeah. what we you- are gonna get. If that's the big surprise for this SmackDown, I'm sorry. Like I was, I accepted to Dexter Loomis because they pulled off the angle very cool. But at the end of the day, it was Dexter Loomis. So I was like, cool angle. Yeah, it was cool. The show, the show, they executed it well, but it's still Dexter Loomis. It's not something that I'm really excited to see. I've seen Dexter Loomis at his best and at his worst. And I'm sorry, it's not something that gets me very excited. So Hit row without Swerve Strickland. I'm sorry. There's a reason why DX never worked without Triple H. Do There's they? a reason that the the nation broke up when the Rock got too big for him. I'm sorry. Hit row on their own is not is not hey, something. Are that's they going to come back excited. as Hit Row either? I mean, we don't know. We don't know. I, if I don't, gonna be, I don't but... see how you can. But yeah, if you're if Adonis, they bring is coming, in B-Fab, if, if B-Fab comes back with them, maybe. But. Yeah. I mean, Again, you're, I, it, you're, you're missing the A player of the yeah. group, which is yeah. Swerve. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Queen's saying the same thing. I don't really want to see Hit Row uh, without Swerve. And it's not like Swerve is going to, I think Swerve is doing uh, uh, just fine. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's doing all right. <laughs> Millie Vanilli, new Hit Row. <laughs> Stephen Chambers throwing that one out there. Um, yeah, man. I don't know what they, they might do. Hey, you know. They do still have Sami Zayn, right? Like he was the. It looked like he was going to be the leader of Hit Row, like right, right before. Oh boy! <laughs> like, go. Oh, they might do something there. Maybe it's going to be Sami Zayn and Top Dollar who beat the Usos for the for the undisputed tag team championships. I'm still holding out my hope that KO comes over in the draft and uh, KO and Sami reunite. And that was my hope, but then it's like you just turned Kevin Owens back into a murderer. He yeah, flat exactly. out killed ezekiel which killed my hopes of babyface kevin owens and babyface sammy that was a uh, tag title so I don't that know was definitely triple h taking a metaphorical middle finger to vince there <laughs> getting rid of ezekiel there's like been that. a lot of metaphorical and literal fingers to vince mcmahon in the last yeah. few weeks and if we get bray wyatt back if we get sasha banks and naomi back uh i mean those are that that's about the bit of, that's biggest middle fingers that he can throw up there and SP3 just talking about Dexter Loomis. Dexter feels more like the start of something than he does the central figure of anything. Like to me, I don't know if it's going to be the way necessarily, but I could see Indy Hartwell coming back up and and they put him and 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 Indy back together because Index was so popular in NXT. Maybe Johnny and Candice come around and they reform a group of some. Without faction theory. there uh and you could have candace and indy and add them to the tag team division because god knows you need actual tag teams if you look at the whole right side of that women's tag team title bracket ain't none of those teams going to be around after they lose in this bracket so it's like not the random them. number generator teams yeah i mean um but maybe uh, maybe dexter was looking for his wife and he just drove into the wrong show Possibly. i'll be the one to be honest indy hartwell's not ready for the main roster Based on her last couple of matches, especially that match, that the critically acclaimed matchup with Lash Legend, where she slipped on well, the top rope. I'm sorry, yeah. she's not ready for uh, the main roster. I just, I'm just, you know, I, I'm getting a Lash feeling Legend's that right now, green, 
<laughs> that right now, well, no, Indy was the one that looked green in the match. I expect Lash Legend. Lash Legend's at the point where I expect her to mess up, but Indy messed up more in that matchup than Lash Legend. Lash Legend would look like the professional and the one that's been there for a few years. Indy did not. Um, but I, I'm just starting to feel like the the comeback thing is running a little bit dry, or he's waiting till after Clash to bring in some bigger names, whether that's Sasha, Naomi, Bray Wyatt. I'm waiting to see, but if Hit Row is the big surprise, then the surprise is starting to be a little a little flicker yeah. now. And I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna say this one more time. I said this on Monday Night Live on ITR clips, and I'll say it here: Stop trying to get Bron Bronson Reed back here when he is killing it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. This man just beat Kazuka Okada and made a Japanese crowd that is not supposed to cheer. They're only supposed to clap. He made them roar and then made the Okada fans walk out of the building when they're not supposed to. They're supposed to leave at a certain time. The Okada fans left after mm -hmm. Jonah pulled off the biggest upset by a monster on a top star since Vader against Anoki. He's killing it in New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. Don't try to get him back to be in Bronson Reed when they never really got him. Even Triple H in NXT, who was the one that did most of his booking, never really got him as good as New Japan got him. So stop trying to get that over. <laughs> yeah, and and it, you can only bring out so many surprises. You, I mean, you can't do twice a week for too long. I like I don't I don't doing. know, but here's the thing: like, I don't know if. I don't know if this is Triple H just trying to do uh, surprises for the sake of surprises, or he's trying to do something that we've talked about SP3 that he needs. He's rebuilding the depth of the roster. Not like everybody he's going to bring back is going to be like these big, massive superstars. I mean, bringing back D Dakota and EO, that made a shit ton of sense. And that is going to be a major shakeup in the women's division and are probably going to be your, your new women's tag team champions. That was something that was desperately needed, but man, how many weeks in a row and how many different mat like it's been the same shit on SmackDown over and over and over and over for weeks at a time now. So they just need bodies. They yeah. just need bodies and they need to rebalance the rosters. I think the draft coming up in September earlier this year is really, really going to help out. And, and things will once that yeah, happens, with, then I think we can get going. But this is going to yeah. be tectonic plates just crashing into each other for the next. And then week. with like with Sasha and Naomi, we talked about it on the last show. You do you you recreate CM Punk and John Cena from 2011, and and they come out with the belts and they stare down and do a little pose with the belts. Yes, you know? and that's Sasha you... and Naomi in the ring with uh you know uh with the uh, uh, Bailey and her crew control what what they need to figure out whether their their name is. I can't. I think it's I control. What, I don't know what to call them, but I uh, yeah, they something control, control control your narrative. Yeah, I don't they, know what the hell they, it is. They haven't decided just yet, but I do think that uh hit row as a tag team is needed on SmackDown because yeah. I was wondering what the hell they're doing with the tag team division when the Usos beat the Street Profits at SummerSlam. So well, yeah, the hit I'm, row yeah. hit row is needed on SmackDown to give the Usos a new challenger. But at the same time, they ain't gonna be the ones to take it off of them. I think the most believable team right now to take it off. Off them has to be KO and Sammy at this point because they've ran through everybody. You're not gonna get fetch over, all right? You're not <laughs> gonna get fetch over. It's over. They are doing KO on his own as a yeah. heel. Stop trying to get fetch over. That man's gonna win a world championship sometime yeah. early next year. I think he's locked in for another four years, so he's definitely getting a world title. Oh, there, there's no question about it. Like K, uh, like even KO just sitting here saying, "Hey, look, uh, I had to go away for a little while. I'm back now." 
Uh, God, Batman I, hasn't won a single championship in five years. The guy who was known as the prize fighter yeah. hasn't won a championship in five damn years. Because he's fat. <sighs> Just like Bray's fat. Braun Strowman coming back. I'm okay. Well, apparently control your narratives falling apart because EC3 is going to NWA now. <laughs> oh, by the way, there was a really cool story. Uh, if you didn't notice uh, that dropped today, I meant to bring this up earlier with uh, Freddie Prince Jr. talking about, you know, he was going to build his entire promotion around Karrion Cross, and that was going to be him as his champion. And Karrion sends him a text uh, sitting here saying, hey, look, we need, need to talk. And Freddie Prince was just like, dude, Sign the damn contract. Get the f out of here. Go chase your dreams. I Freddie Prince Jr. seems like a really good dude, and I would love to talk to that man. And I hope mm -hmm. that his promotion takes off. And of course, you'd want to build it around Karrion Cross because the guy's a freaking monster. So I'm interested to see uh, what he's going to do uh, moving forward. All right, guys. Any any final thoughts? Any final predictions here uh, for tomorrow night SmackDown or anything else moving forward? SP3. Anything? Any any final thoughts here before we wrap up? Um, Naito's gonna win the G1. That's next week, but I'm just gonna say it here. Naito's <laughs> gonna win the C block and he's gonna win the entire G1. Uh, I just wanted to mention that, even though Switchblade Jay White is my boss. And for SmackDown, I am excited for SmackDown. Last week was good, and I expect tomorrow to be good. And I've seen a couple of people shouting out, I wouldn't mind Charlotte Flair returning if that's the that's a big surprise, but I have no idea what she's gonna do until Clash at the Castle if they're doing Shayna baszler and uh and and live morgan i almost forgot her name because she got booed out the building last week but yeah baszler at a clash yeah i mean uh you know just the product is speaking it for itself we're now excited for monday and friday so it, it's going to be interesting to see what uh triple h has in store obviously we will probably see uh we'll probably get that original carrying cross and scarlet entrance for the first time tomorrow night and uh, we'll have him speak probably hear what he's thinking uh, of why he came back and why he did what he did so we'll, it'll be good to see that old entrance back tomorrow night i'm uh, expecting that uh and uh, yeah maybe some surprises that we're not even thinking of because uh, like i said uh we sure as hell weren't thinking of dexter lomas on monday and we sure as hell we're not expecting carrying cross that soon last week so you well, never know well what I'm expecting tomorrow is about, I don't know, 2 15 ish in the afternoon. Sean Ross Apple put out a report saying something along the lines of WWE has talked about bringing this person back because they're close. They're, they're close. They've discussed yeah. it. You know, they've had conversations. And then, boom, he's on the fucking television screen or her or whomever it is. Uh, I don't think the surprises are going to stop anytime soon. Triple H wants to keep building up that roster. Uh, again, it's going to be a little, little couple of nibbles, little. A little bit of breadcrumbs here or there. I don't think we're going to see Charlotte tomorrow. I think we're going to see Charlotte at Clash. I think that's the next time that Charlotte is going to show up. Whomever wins that match, preferably for me, it would still be Liv Morgan at this point. Liv Morgan survives because I want that Liv Morgan-Charlotte storyline. That is Liv Morgan's white whale. She has not been able to beat Charlotte. Every time there's a career-breaking point for her where it looks like she was ready to take the next step, Charlotte knocks her ass down a peg or two. I think that's the logical step to go. And I think Shayna and Ronda make a ton of sense for the women's tag team division, which is why I wish they kind of would have slow played this tournament a little bit and included them in the damn thing. You didn't obviously the, the finals aren't going to be taking place at clash because your eventual champions are booked in a trios match. So, and if, and if it ain't going to be Bailey's group, that's winning who the 
is winning. <laughs> yeah, it's such an odd bra- it's such an odd pairing of teams and an odd bracket and like it's all top loaded on the left side and I, I will say one thing. I will say one thing. We've had one match in this women's tag team title tournament, and it has already been as long as the entire Queen's Crown tournament was. So progress. Progress is being made, baby. DJ, let's call up Bailey even- Ray. Even though it didn't need to be, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, <laughs> Dakota Kai and EO Sky going 50 50 with Dana Brooke and Tamina after they spent the last six months running around with the 24 7 title is not the best way to build up the new heel stable. And I thought the same damn thing, but Triple H is a smart guy. He pays attention and he knows everybody. He knows the fans were pissed off about how long those women's matches went in the Queen's Crown tournament. So doing the first match, having yeah. it be a squash, which it should have been, the optics of it, right? Like he was he was put in a bad spot. He was like, all right, go out there and do your thing and actually have a match. And I think he made the right call in that. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty good match too. So yeah, It was. And I, I thought EO, uh, EO, EO is going to uh, turn some heads here on the main roster very, very soon. I think Dakota Kai is as well. Uh, looking forward to that trio's match at Clash of the Cashel uh, as well. Appreciate everybody who's tuned in. Appreciate everybody who chimed in in the comments. Thank you guys so much. Maybe we'll do another primetime uh, trios match here soon on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Always like to try to do at least uh, one live show a week so you guys can get in on the conversation. So uh, thank you guys so much. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to pound that subscribe button if you haven't already. And we'll be back uh, on Tuesday to talk to you all again. So let's enjoy another good SmackDown and another good Raw this week. Another good Rampage. Rampage looks stacked. I don't know how they're going to squeeze all that into an hour. I feel bad for Excalibur, who's going to have to do like (laughs) nine promos in like 45 seconds. (sighs) The man's man's very, very talented. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.